0: Section 21 of the Watergate Report, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 2. 3 contacts between ampi and the president and administration officials in 1970 an alleged two million dollar pledge to the president's reelection campaign the milk producers were reportedly quote disappointed with the white house response to their one hundred thousand dollar cash contribution in 1969. the following year their lobbying efforts and contacts with the white house increased as did the amount of their commitments during 1970 and 1971 certain white house officials understood ampi had pledged and then later reaffirmed its commitment to contribute two million dollars to the president's reelection campaign and at one point a white house official reportedly told the milk producers that it was a two million dollar package during that same period AMPI realized substantially all of its three, quote, objectives articulated to Kalmbach in connection with the $100,000 contribution in 1969. In 1970, the administration granted the dairy industry the largest single milk price support increase by any administration at the start of a marketing year and set dairy import quotas generally favorable to the milk producers in nineteen seventy one the president reversed the decision of his secretary of agriculture and granted another price support increase within hours after the president's decision the milk producers were called upon by top presidential aides to reaffirm the two million dollar pledge which they did just prior to the public announcement of the president's decision although industry and administration officials deny any quid pro quo linking the announcement to the reaffirmation kalmbach at the direction of ehrlichman met with a key dairy leader and murray chottener who told him that the reaffirmation was linked to the announcement of the president's decision soon after the pledge was first announced to white house officials the president personally called and met with the ampi leadership and at about the time some contributions were in fact made he met with leaders of the other co-ops and later attended and addressed an ampi convention the events in nineteen seventy especially with respect to the two million dollar pledge and import quotas are discussed in detail in this section and those in 1971 with respect to milk price supports and dairy money for the president's campaign, Treasury Secretary John Connolly, and the Ellsberg break in in sections four and five. A. Meetings with Colson, the $2 million pledge. 1. Meetings with Colson. Charles Colson joined the White House staff in November 1969 as special counsel to the president. By that time, the organization of the new administration, which was the subject of the early Seamer-Kalmbach meetings in 1969, began to take shape. In contrast to Seamer's expectations, he found that the White House was organized along essentially political, rather than subject matter, lines. Colson was given the responsibility for special interest groups such as the Dairy Co-Ops. Footnote. Prior to entering a guilty plea to one count of obstruction of justice in the Ellsberg break-in case on June 3, 1974, Colson had refused to testify before the select committee on Fifth Amendment grounds. End footnote: Colson apparently had a great deal of antipathy for Seamer, dating back several years when both were partners in a Washington law firm. At about the same time that Colson began dealing with AMPI, it hired the law firm of Reeves and Harrison, one of whose name partners, Marion Harrison, was a Nixon state co-chairman in 1968 and a good friend of Colson. According to Kalmbach, Colson was probably instrumental in Harrison replacing Seymour as AMPI's lawyer for White House matters. Footnote Seymour testified that he was told by Gleason sometime in 1970 that he was placed on a White House, quote, blacklist, in part because of his association with Senator Muskie, then the leading Democratic opponent to the president for the 1972 election. In the select committee's hearings, documents were disclosed that indicate that Seymour was on a White House enemies list. End footnote ampi leaders and harrison met with colson at least three or four times in nineteen seventy in an apparent continuation of the efforts begun in nineteen sixty nine the purpose of these meetings was twofold one to press ampi's position to the administration on important substantive matters affecting the dairy industry such as quotas on dairy products and milk price supports and 2. To reiterate their interest in making substantial contributions to the President's campaign. 2. The $2 million pledge. A. Colson, a $2 million package. In the course of the meetings with Colson in 1970, the milk producers apparently indicated that the entire amount of their, quote, potential, of $1 million per year, As Seymour had put it in 1969, might be translated into financial support for the president. Parr testified before the Select Committee on December 21, 1973, that, in one meeting with Colson, I just remember a discussion of about a million dollars, and then somebody said two million dollars. According to Parr, Colson said, This is a two million dollar package. End quote. Parr further testified, Mr. Dorson, do you recall what was said immediately prior to his saying he thought it should be a two million dollar package, Mr. Parr? The best I can recall is that we were constantly talking about the numerous problems that dairy farmers were having, and that is all I can recall about it. Parr testified that Colson's remark was made in quote, sort of a jesting manner. End quote. However, when asked to explain that testimony, he testified that he based his impression solely upon the fact that Colson was smiling at the time. The other dairy representatives apparently took the discussion seriously, testifying before the Select Committee on December 18, nineteen seventy three three days before Parr Nelson stated that he was present when Parr mentioned to Colson the one million and two million dollar figures nelson stated that the two purposes of their meetings with colson were quote to press the position we were seeking to have adopted concerning supports imports or whatever it would be at the moment and to get the names of committees end quote asked about his intent in discussing contributions with colson nelson testified mr nelson well the matter of contributions was discussed on the basis that we wanted to support the president that we knew we had not in the past that we wanted to we had the ability to and if they would come up with the names of committees we would go forward and do it mr white why did you tell mr colson this mr nelson it was our understanding that he also had something to do with fundraising mr white he was certainly aware was he not of your intention to contribute and in fact of your contributions is that your understanding mr nelson yes sir no question about that mr whites did he raise the matter of contribution with you mr nelson well he discussed the matter of contributions with us i will say this i think in order to be fair we would have to say that they did not come seeking us we sought them because it appeared that we were not going to get any place if we did not most significantly white house aides took the pledge seriously henry Cashin, who was deputy assistant to the president and beginning in september 1970 was supposed to assume colson's responsibility for the dairy co-ops told the select committee staff that colson told him that the milk producers intended to contribute two million dollars Haldeman, too, knew of the offer of a $2 million contribution, although he is not sure who told him. Haldeman made a point of distinguishing to the select committee staff between a pledge and what he understood to be the milk producer's, quote, declared intention to contribute $2 million, end quote. However, at another point in Haldeman's statement to the select committee staff, he referred to the dairy producer's, quote, pledge b two million dollars and the reelection campaign shortly after the pledge was made to colson the white house began preparing for the president's reelection campaign not surprisingly the milk producers and their pledge began receiving a great deal of attention kalmbach testified that in mid-november 1970 he met with haldeman to discuss early fundraising for the president's 1972 election Haldeman stated that he believes Attorney General Mitchell was present at that meeting. Kalmbach was to act as the principal fundraiser, particularly for large contributions, until a finance chairman for the campaign was to be named in 1972. Essentially contemporaneous with the Haldeman-Kalmbach meeting were one or more meetings at which the details of the anticipated $2 million milk producers contribution was discussed by key white house officials and republican fundraisers kalmbach remembers attending two meetings during the fall of nineteen seventy with the milk producers the first in october in colson's office and the second in november or december in the madison hotel although the existence of an october meeting cannot be corroborated it is essentially undisputed that in mid-november probably november nineteen Colson, Kalmbach, and Tom Evans, a former law partner of Mitchell and Nixon, and assistant finance chairman for the 1968 Nixon campaign, met with Nelson, Parr, Harrison, and Patrick J. Hillings, of counsel to Harrison's firm, in the Madison Hotel. Footnote the select committee staff first received testimony about this meeting on december nineteen seventy-three, from marion harrison the select committee has fixed the date of the meeting in the following manner kalmbach does not remember any instance in which he stayed in a washington hotel other than the madison hotel the records of the madison hotel for november nineteen seventy subpoenaed by the select committee indicate that Nelson rented a suite of three rooms for the night of the 18th, Kalmbach two rooms for the 18th and 19th, and Evans one room for the 18th. There were no rentals recorded for those persons at any other time that month. Nelson testified that the meeting took place immediately after a meeting between Nelson and Secretary Hardin. Since the staff has uncovered a letter from Harrison, to a usda official dated november twenty nineteen seventy apparently referring to such a meeting on the morning of november nineteen seventy, the november meeting in the madison hotel appears to have taken place on the nineteenth End footnote since it was understood that the trusts were reporting their contributions to the clerk of the house the discussion centered on the way in which despite these reports publicity in connection with the anticipated two million dollar contribution could be avoided kalmbach testified quote, we were trying to develop a procedure where they could meet their independent reporting requirements and still not result in disclosure End quote. the result arrived at was for the milk producers to break down the two million dollars into numerous smaller contributions to multiple committees in various states which could then hold the money for the president's reelection campaign in that fashion the milk producers could report the contributions including information on the recipient committees without the ultimate beneficiary the president's campaign being disclosed nelson said that he realized several hundred committees would be needed for such a large contribution particularly in view of the two thousand five hundred dollar limit per committee per year Placed by his lawyers, Harrison and Hillings, on the contributions. Footnote According to Lee Nunn, vice chairman of FCRP, the $2,500 maximum was set so that in the event the milk producers mistakenly made two contributions to the same committee in one year, they would not violate the $5,000 limitation in the Corrupt Practices Act. End footnote kalmbach testified that this use of multiple committees was not unusual even seven hundred fifty or one thousand committees would not have been too many if needed to accommodate a large contributor like the milk producers kalmbach is sure that he reported the substance of these meetings in october and november nineteen seventy to haldeman this is corroborated by haldeman's statement that he was aware of the expected contribution following the meeting there was a period of several months during which no substantial progress was made in forming the committees and making the contribution activity in that area was increased in march 1971 at the time of the president's deliberations on the milk price support matter discussed in greater detail in section four b contacts with the president the two million dollar pledge haldeman conceded to the select committee staff quote, obviously an offer of a two million dollar contribution is a matter of interest and the question if not spoken automatically arises as to why End quote. haldeman went on to say that he was told the money was to be a campaign contribution and not a bribe or a quid pro quo he acknowledged however that he was unaware of the meetings between Colson and AMPI in 1970, at which both administration action and campaign contributions were reportedly discussed. Haldeman also stated, I have a general belief, assumption, that the President was aware, and I cannot tell you when, that the milk industry had indicated their intention of providing campaign support. The White House conceded in January 1974 that the President was informed directly by Colson in September 1970 of the $2 million pledge. Shortly after the pledge was made, AMPI leaders succeeded in obtaining several sought-after goals, including personal contact with the President and favorable action on dairy import quotas. 1. PRESIDENT'S CALL TO NELSON parr testified that the ampi leadership had been trying to see the president since the beginning of the administration nelson testified that by making contributions he hoped to get the president to attend ampi's first annual convention in chicago in september 1970 the strategy did not work in 1970 the date of the convention september 4 1970 Fell at a time when the president was hosting the president of Mexico at San Clemente. Instead, the president personally called and spoke by telephone to Nelson at the convention. Footnote The White House white paper entitled, quote, The Milk Price Support Decision, end quote, and released January eighth nineteen 1974, hereafter white paper, terms the call a quote, courtesy call of a type frequently made by the president End footnote nelson testified that the president made three points one he told nelson that he had instructed secretary of agriculture clifford hardin who attended the convention in lieu of the president to announce the renewal of the school milk program two the president expressed his desire to attend ampi's next convention and three he had talked with hardin who had suggested that he meet with dairy leaders at the white house nelson relayed this information to those present at the convention the first personal meeting between ampi leaders and the president came five days later fulfilling one of ampi's three objectives as stated to kalmbach the year before two presidential meeting with nelson and parr on September 9, 1970, Nelson and Parr met briefly with the president in the Oval Office during an quote, open hour reserved for brief courtesy meetings between the president and groups and individuals. Nelson assumes Colson arranged the meeting, and Parr believes that Colson was present. At the meeting, after photographs were taken, Nelson and Parr mentioned their successful convention and the President told them to work with Hardin in setting up another presidential meeting with more dairy leaders. The White Paper says that Although money was not discussed in the meeting, it is evident that raising and making political contributions to both Democrats and Republicans were important, continuous, and conspicuous activities of the dairymen during 1970, 1971, and 1972. Colson helped to make this activity conspicuous to the president. The White House has acknowledged that Colson, in a memorandum attached to a briefing paper to the president for the September 9 meeting, asserted that AMPI had pledged $2 million to the president's 1972 campaign. The White House, in its white paper, has stated that it is unknown whether any such pledge was made. It should be noted, however, that the white house has in its possession the colson memorandum and other evidence such as a later internal white house memorandum to haldeman that specifically discuss the original two million dollar commitment of the milk producers the committee's efforts to determine the extent of the knowledge and participation of the president and his aides in this political fundraising effort have been hampered by the refusal of the president to honor the select committee's subpoena as well as numerous informal requests, for White House materials relating to Dairy Trust political contributions. This refusal has extended even to materials for which no claim of executive privilege or any other privilege has been asserted by the President, and which have been produced to a private litigant in the course of the suit challenging the President's 1971 price support decision some but by no means all of these materials have been made public by the parties in connection with that litigation and have thus become available to the committee and are discussed in the course of this report but the committee cannot determine the extent to which the additional withheld documents would shed further light on presidential and white house involvement in the matters under investigation Even the White House description of withheld documents relating to the Milk Fund investigation is incomplete. For example, the Colson Memorandum to the President for the September 9, 1970 meeting referring to the $2 million pledge is described by the White House in court papers as follows. An undated briefing memorandum for the President from a Presidential assistant relating to the referenced meeting. End quote. Footnote. All committee efforts to obtain from the White House further materials have been unavailing. In Nader v. Butts, in the Federal District Court for the District of Columbia, the plaintiffs subpoenaed documents from the White House relevant to the 1971 Milk Price support decision. On December 5, 1973, J. Fred Buzzhardt, special counsel to the President, filed an affidavit listing the materials covered by the subpoena in two categories. Category 1 consisted of those items as to which no claim of executive privilege was asserted and copies of which were provided to the parties. Category 2 consisted of documents as to which executive privilege was claimed and copies of which were given to the presiding judge, Judge Jones, in camera for his inspection the judge made no ruling on the applicability of the privilege claim on category two documents the white house at first assured the committee that it would produce category one materials to the committee but not category two therefore on december eighteenth nineteen seventy three the committee subpoenaed specifically only category two materials from the president the president refused to comply thereafter the White House refused to produce for the committee even Category 1 materials. Accordingly, on January 14, 1974, the committee subpoenaed plaintiffs' and defendants' counsel for production of the Category 1 materials. And although they declined to comply because of a previously entered protective order prohibiting release of the materials except in connection with the lawsuit, on January 30, 1974, plaintiff's counsel did move before judge jones for a clarification or modification of the order to permit him to comply with the committee's subpoena the committee filed a motion for leave to intervene as amicus curiae for purposes of plaintiff's motion which was granted by judge jones and only the white house not the parties to the suit opposed plaintiff's motion and the committee position indeed. As the committee argued in its brief, there was no applicable privilege or any other tenable basis to withhold production. Nonetheless, on March 13, 1974, Judge Jones denied plaintiff's motion and effectively blocked the committee's effort to obtain the materials. Although these non-privileged materials had already been denied the committee by the President, Judge Jones stated that, quote, whether the president would refuse to turn over the material is unknown. End quote. While conceding that the materials were not privileged, he stated that he had the obligation to quote, consider the integrity of the criminal process with respect to any resulting indictments involving the issuance of milk price orders in 1971. Despite the fact that the materials had already been produced to a private litigant and some of which had even been made public and no indictments had yet been filed he apparently concluded that he would take no part in ruling on compliance with a valid congressional subpoena these court papers are reproduced in part two of the committee's appendix of legal documents some of the white house materials sought by the committee and publicly released by the house judiciary committee after the drafting of the select committee's report Are reprinted in Appendix D to this chapter. End footnote. The white paper goes on to say that in the memorandum, Colson suggested that the president acknowledge AMPI's quote support. While the select committee has no way of verifying the accuracy of the statement, the white paper assures the public that no suggestion was made in the memo that the president commit himself to do any quote substantive act, end quote. Footnote. It does not define, quote, substantive act, end quote, or state whether there was any suggestion in the memo that the President commit himself to any matters such as permitting greater access by the dairy co-ops to the President, scheduling Presidential meetings, or Presidential attendance at dairy conventions and the like. It should be noted that the Federal bribery statute refers to, quote, official and not, quote, substantive acts. End footnote. the white paper states that no mention of the quote asserted pledge was made during the meeting it is interesting to note however what was said parr is certain he and nelson told the president that they supported him in addition to a reference to another meeting with the president and to ampi's next convention the president in turn told them quote you people must have a real good organization i have heard some very good things about it End quote colson's memorandum and the white paper should be compared with a recent statement by the president on his knowledge of contributions to his campaign in a presidential news conference on october nineteen seventy three, the president made the following statement with respect to his knowledge of particular campaign contributions in terms of campaign contributions i have had a rule which mr stans and mr kalmbach and mr rebozo and every contributor will agree has been the rule i have refused always to accept contributions myself i have refused to have any discussion of contributions as a matter of fact my orders to mr stans were that after the campaign was over i would then send notes of appreciation to those who had contributed but before the election i did not want to have any information from anybody with regard to campaign contributions three presidential action on dairy import quotas one of ampi's concerns at the time they met with the president on september nine was competition from imported dairy products in december nineteen seventy after the two million dollar pledge had been discussed with colson and communicated to the president and after the dairy meeting with the president and additional contacts between dairy leaders and the administration the president imposed quotas on certain dairy products favorable to the dairy industry a USDA and tariff commission action on March 5 1970 the Department of Agriculture sent a letter to the President recommending a study by the Tariff Commission of imports of certain dairy products. On May 13, the President requested the Tariff Commission to conduct the investigation. On July 28 and 29, 1970, the Commission held a public hearing on the matter, at which time the Department submitted its views to the Commission. In turn, the Tariff Commission made its recommendation to the President in September 1970. While the matter was pending before the President, the Dairy Co-op representatives met with Secretary Hardin on November 19 and were in contact with William Galbraith, Deputy Undersecretary of Agriculture, on November 20, with respect to the import quota matter. As noted above, the 19th was the same day that Nelson, Parr, Harrison and Hillings were meeting with Colson, Kalmbach, and Evans to discuss the method of making their $2 million contribution. B. Hillings' letter to the president, import quotas, and the $2 million pledge. Harrison testified that the milk producers had been waiting for a presidential announcement on dairy import quotas for months, but nothing seemed to be forthcoming significantly harrison said that it appeared to them that colson their principal white house contact was not aiding them in their efforts to secure a favorable decision harrison and hillings a friend of the president who had succeeded the president as congressman from the president's california district apparently decided to take action by writing a letter to the president Hillings' letter, dated December 16, 1970, began with the following discussion of AMPI contact with and support of the President. This letter discusses a matter of some delicacy and of significant political impact. Since January 1, my Washington partner, Marion Harrison, one of your 1968 Virginia co-chairmen, and I have represented Associated Milk Producers, Incorporated. AMPI. At the White House in September, you privately met AMPI's two key leaders, Harold Nelson and Dave Parr. You spoke by telephone from the beach at San Clemente to Secretary Hardin and to Harold Nelson during AMPI's annual convention in Chicago Labor Day weekend. You told Harold of your intent personally to address AMPI's next annual convention, a gathering of almost 30,000 dairy farmers and their families. AMPI has followed our advice explicitly and will do so in the future. AMPI contributed about $135,000 to Republican candidates in the 1970 election. We are now working with Tom Evans and Herb Kalmbach in setting up appropriate channels for AMPI to contribute $2 million for your reelection ampi also is funding a special project footnote the committee obtained a copy of this letter from john dean in connection with his testimony before the committee in june nineteen seventy three End footnote the letter then discussed the import quota matter and urged the president to issue a proclamation adopting the recommendations of the tariff commission the letter was signed Pat. The $2 million pledge was, of course, already known to the President. Neither Hillings, nor Harrison, nor anyone else connected with AMPI or the White House was able to explain the, quote, special project mentioned at the end of the third paragraph of the letter. FOOTNOTE Although the Select Committee was thus unable to ascertain with any certainty what was meant by the reference to, quote, special project, AMPI, at Colson's request, began in january 1970 providing money to a washington public relations firm for white house projects and later paid for the break-in of dr fielding's office End footnote hillings said that he did not intend that the letter be given to the president however in a memorandum dated december seventeenth nineteen seventy from a white house staffer roger johnson to haldeman transmitting the letter Johnson wrote, quote, Pat Hillings handed me the attached letter and asked that it be directed to the President. End quote. The white paper states that quote, President Nixon did not see the letter. End quote. It does not say whether or not the President was briefed on the contents of the letter, not an unusual practice, as Ehrlichman pointed out to the Select Committee staff. Haldeman was not able to recall. Whether the president received such a briefing. In fact, John Brown, a White House employee, in a routing memorandum accompanying the Hillings letter, asked John Campbell, a staff secretary, quote, to check with Ehrlichman and Colson to see if this should go in, and if so, in what form. End quote. Footnote This document was obtained from John Dean in connection with his testimony before the committee in June 1973. End footnote. the white paper states that since the president already knew of the milk producers pledge at the time of the letter the only possible relevance of the letter was its effect on the pending import quota matter although verifying the two million dollar pledge to the president might bear on subsequent presidential action in other areas such as milk price supports the president's decision on import quotas alone would be reason enough to scrutinize the possible ramifications of the hillings letter it is particularly significant in view of the favorable presidential decision on imports that followed two weeks after the letter was delivered c presidential proclamation on import quotas on december thirty one nineteen seventy the president issued a proclamation setting import quotas on the four dairy items under consideration low-fat cheese low-fat chocolate crumb animal feed containing milk and ice cream the white paper points out that the quota imposed by the president were higher than those recommended by the tariff commission on the other hand the white paper fails to point out three significant facts One there had been no quotas on these four items prior to the Proclamation. 2. The Presidential Proclamation set quotas for each item substantially below the actual import level for 1970, and 3. Without quotas, the import level of such items would have continued to increase, according to the Tariff Commission, quote, at a rapid rate, end quote. The actual import levels for 1969 and 1970, the recommendations of USDA and of the Tariff Commission and the quotas set by the President are as follows. Comparison of actual and recommended import quotas for certain dairy products. 1. Low-fat cheese. Actual 1969, 3000. Actual 1970, 11,027 recommendation USDA 25,001 recommendation tariff commission 100 recommendation president 8,901 two low-fat chocolate actual 1969 477 actual 1970 15,944 Recommendation USDA 17,000. Recommendation Tariff Commission 0. Recommendation President 4,680. 3. Animal feed containing milk. Actual 1969 9,693. Actual 1970 27,435. Recommendation Tariff Commission 0. Recommendation President, 16,300 4. Ice Cream Actual 1969, 2,588 Actual 1970, 8,006 Recommendation USDA, 0 Recommendation Tariff Commission, 0 Recommendation President, 431 Nelson noted that there was general satisfaction with the President's proclamation. An AMPI press release, quoting from AMPI President John Butterbrot, dated January 5, 1971, on the President's import quota decision, concluded, President Nixon's decision is a step toward more stability in our market that will be remembered and appreciated by dairy farmers. End quote. End of section 21. Recording by Linda Johnson.